Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. So first, I want to welcome you. Lois Hollis is on here, and we are so excited to have her because she's going to give us gobs of wisdom and courage and vulnerability. So I can't wait. Lois, welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Will you tell us a little bit about your background, who you are? Okay. I am an everyday normal person that had extraordinary experiences. So I guess that makes you interesting. It does. I think, I think, what are all the letters after your name? Tell me all your letters, what they are. A registered nurse, um, bachelor's in science and a reverend for counseling. I can't wait. So really don't remember much of my childhood because it was very abusive. Hello, everybody knows that one. My life in the fifth, when I um, was around 50, it was falling down because like, if you don't do your work, we all know that you fall down. I have an incredible spirit, which I did not really realize till my 50s, because I had brain traumas, fractured jaw, broken bones, severe scoliosis, so I couldn't breathe, heart disease, 30 years of migraines. So they said, lady, you can't live past 50. And I went, since I'm a nurse, I understand that. I want to ask why you said yes to have this conversation with me. Because my job is to help other people understand that they can get out of any situation because it's only obstacles. And the obstacles, if you have the knowledge, you can get out of it. Like you have the key, you can open the door. So that's what I am. I see myself as a key helping people open the door to get out of the obstacle that they're in. I really love that. I see myself as a light for the darkness to help people also very much like you realize that there's another way that you don't have to live like this. Exactly. And even though everybody says you're going to die and you can't make it, I never felt sick, even though I was sick. It was very interesting. So I guess that's an indelible uh, spirit that I have. And even though I'm in the medical field and everybody I know is a doctor or a nurse or something, um, I'm like, I'm just going, you know, crippled and all. I'm just walking away, walking, walking, doing. Would you mind sharing how old you are? I'm 77 and my favorite sports are rollerblading and snow skiing, but I couldn't do that at 50. How cool is that? So awesome. I have a question. Have you ever been uncomfortable sharing your age? No, I'm proud of it. Do you know any women that you were growing up around that don't like to talk about their age? Well, most people my age aren't here anymore. Isn't that nice (laughs) that you can acknowledge that perspective? So it's okay. I mean, I just feel I've been so blessed. And the more you do, the more God gives you to do. And I always feel that God has enough angels in heaven. He needs some here. (laughs) I feel lucky to be in your presence. We are going to start with, I want us to identify, have you ever had that mean inner voice in your head that can tell you? Inner critic? Yeah. Yeah. So I want us to do a scale of one to 10 for three topics. One is my inner critic is really mean to me and never shuts up. 
And 10 is whether I have an inner critic or not, I can calm her down or she's kind to me and recognizes like my awesomeness. I want to have you grade yourself in three areas for today. So where are you currently with your own image of your body, whether it's about how it looks, how it operates, where are you today with your inner critic? Okay. I've made friends with my inner critic. And that's what I teach people to do. Say, hi, how are you? And they say, you're a stupid jerk. And I say, oh, thank you so much for coming to see me. So I made friends with the inner, my inner critic, whose name is King. I love that. I've never, ever heard anyone say this. And I love it so much because it's not going to go away. So we need to figure out how to exist with it. Make friends. I love it. I, it, my inner King excuse me, he likes King, mm-hmm. um, is my best friend. I don't um, know, many people can say that, but that's how we turn it around. How can we, how can we ask some part of our, we can't cut our arm off to make us feel better. We can't cut our legs off. I make friends with my inner critic. And that's what I teach people to do is make friends with their inner critic. So what would you say your number is right now? Is it a 10? Because you guys are friends? Yeah, he's my 10. What was the lowest number it's ever been? Mine is zero. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like, really? And when was that? I, uh, probably uh, maybe 15 years ago or so before I found out about shame and guilt and all that stuff. We're going to get into that. I'm really excited to have that discussion with you. What would you give your number for your inner critic with your worth, knowing your worth today, like where you belong and that you are worthy and that you should be treated a certain way? The highest number. Awesome. We, 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 we do things together. I can't wait to get into this with you. And would you say the same for your voice, your ability to use your voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to go back to your childhood because I think it's important to start with understanding of what we saw around us and what we were taught or not taught about what a woman or a girl should be like, act like, or not act like. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know you said there was a lot of abuse. Um, yes. And I was uh, considered an idiot. Okay, I'm 77. So we're talking 60 years ago. So, you know, people like with just... I had many brain traumas. So, duh, you have um, dyslexia. I had Erin syndrome. Erin syndrome is you look at a piece of paper and all the words keep moving. So I could not read. So I was considered an idiot. Were you uh, told that? Yes. Wow. And they told my parents, don't put any money into my education because she's not, she cannot learn. Those are the <laughs> kids that end up being the most amazing because when you hear that, like that idea that you thought, we were put in the dark, but we were just really a seed and we're going to grow. I, I can't even imagine. You know how I look at that is like, I was so blessed. Do you know why? Because I was put in the back of the room because they couldn't teach. I was called an idiot. They couldn't teach me. I was unteachable. So I learned from spirit. I learned from God. I didn't learn all the other stuff. I had a near death experience. So, I mean, um, that's how I learned things. Are you able to tell us a little bit about your brain traumas? I didn't really knew. No, I had them until I met the wonderful chiropractor healer that said, you're, you got a lot of problems. And I knew that I did, but I didn't know and that today it's different. People have um, resources. They know if they have a brain trauma, they can't go out in the sunlight. I, as a kid, I never liked going out in the sun. I just thought I just was sensitive, but there come, came a point in my fifties that I could not go outside during the day at all. I could only the light go was shopping. Too, it was too much. E- e- any light. I had to go food shopping when it was dark. So that's what I, only thing I can say to you is that it was that severe. 
that I couldn't go outside during the day. Do you, uh, are you able to tell us a little bit about the women that were in your life when you were younger, what you saw about women, or was it just so overwhelming because you were dealing with so much pain that you didn't even hear anything about that? Well, it wasn't an issue. You know, I'm talking about really 60 years ago. It was mainly the guy's way, you, you know. Like whatever it, it, men wanted. Yeah. It, and and my, my mother was like that too. I mean, but that was normal. Like nobody got divorced. And right. not that everything was perfect, but it was like, but somehow I didn't pay attention to a lot of that because it wasn't an issue. I was just really in my own world because I couldn't read that much. It took me a while to get out of that. And then once I learned about the shame, guilt, stuff and everything else, I saw the difference between the men and the woman, you know, because it wasn't an issue. Today it is. And when, when I was in my healing, I could identify with that. Can I ask you a and, question? Sure. Why do you think today women have gotten to a place where we've stood up and said, this is not okay. It, it, why do you think when you were growing up, women were just, it was just accepted and why exactly? Why do you think what's changed? I believe as you know, a universal level, spiritual level that we're evolving. We are all on a treadmill that has an off button that doesn't have an off button. Okay, if you like it or not, you're evolving, because that's what humanity does. And so for humanity to, to evolve, the women have to evolve, because we are the, 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 the spiritual sensitive part of the universe. We have more sensitivity, not that some men aren't sensitive, but women are more psychic, more into have more intuition, and we are needed in this new world. So we have to make a place for us. So it's just a matter of evolution. It's just people, we're just evolving. I mean, I, I don't know how else to ha, put it. Have you seen, I mean, because you were you grew up around so much evolution. What is, was it like for you watching women change and step up into the workforce and step out of the home and have all these new opportunities? How was that for you? Well, it's been that gradual uh, learning. And um, that's why I'm like, well, you know, when I figured everything out, like 15 years ago, I'm going, damn, I'm not dying now. I just figured out how to live. I love that. I mean, no, I'm very serious. I'll be damned if I'll die now. Well, what people can't see is that you have a whole bunch of books behind you. So how did you get to a place where you were could read and could educate yourself. I believe that was uh, help from spirit because mm -hmm. I all I wanted to do in my childhood was tap dance. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted to do. In fact, I'd sit under the tape, um, you know, how the desk you're sitting in and yeah. I practice all my steps. I'm serious. I didn't pay attention to anybody. I just practice my tap dancing. And I tap dance from like um, eight or nine years old to high school. And I believe I developed the right lane refrain. You know, that's what they do now for- right you know, um, dyslexia and things your body like did that. it yourself, your, your whole, it, yeah, I organically healed, yeah. which is, and the most amazing day of my life is when I got a letter from the University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League school that I was admitted. I go, wow, exactly. I went, whoa, you're not stupid, <laughs> Lois, you're just sucking cool. <laughs> I love so it. How I feel today is like I've been swimming with a wetsuit on. 
and I took off the wetsuit. Now I can really swim because I am so used to fighting obstacles and and um, things that don't work. And, you know, I've always had an uphill battle, always. So now that I don't have a wetsuit, I can fly. Like I had 70 podcasts in seven months. You're on. Yeah. Because I mean, that's that, because your story, because your story, you need to get your voice out and you need to help other people. And you have, and so I much have energy. all this energy. Yeah. I have so much energy. You know what you said on your forum that the two of us relate to? You said, I, you said you've always loved clothes that sparkle. And I want you to know you're in the presence of someone who my grandmother and my mother took me to New York city for the first time when I was eight and we needed to go dress shopping. And I laid oh. on the floor and had a tantrum because I would, they wouldn't buy me a black sequin dress. They only would buy me a silver sequin dress. And I remember them saying, she'll grow out of it. She'll grow out of this face. I am all about the sparkles. I love, I, because I think that it reminds me of like what I want God and life and light to do is just you want to see my closet it's full of sparkles. <laughs> we live next to a thrift shop, a small town. And so you can get everything and this is my latest. Oh my Lord. That's gorgeous. I need to get so many more sparkles in my life. I only I wear sparkles. I love it. I love it. It's not sparkles. I don't wear it. I love it. I want you to tell us of how you got to a place about 15 years ago where you were able to release the shame and guilt and what you discovered. Someone asked, I was in, I was in Sedona at the time and someone says, Lois, what do you do about shame? And I went, ah, oh, that's an interesting word. You got to know, nobody ever talked, never, nobody ever said the word. Because it was not acceptable to discuss it. Well, I don't think people even knew about it, even mm. though they just felt bad. They didn't put a word to it. Correct. That, that's why you never heal because you don't, you know, nobody. You don't even know what's wrong. It. You yeah, don't even exactly. know what's wrong. You don't you name to, it. You, right. you got to name it. You got to name it to claim it, to get rid of it. Okay. Okay. So I went, huh? Wow. What a word. So I went to the library. No internet at that time. John Bradshaw was the only one talking about shame, not guilt, shame. And he said, it's the sickness of the soul. And I went, ah, that sounds cool. So anyway, I was working with clients because I was doing the inner personality work with the inner critic and all that. And then when I was working with them, I start working with the shame guilt that was there. My goodness, it exploded. It's like people got well in an hour. Because you, you know? addressed it. Exactly. What was your shame about? Never say my shame. The okay, shame. tell us. Never was, own it. I'm glad you said that. What was the shame the about? Shame of everything: abuse, um, being told you're stupid, you're not amount to anything. Your sister's the smart one. You're the dumb one. I mean, seriously, that's how I grew up. <laughs> so the shame was all of the voices that were telling you things that were not true. Of course. Of course. And being dyslexic and everything, you know, they're just, you're a retard. And I didn't, it was very interesting because I was like insular to it. It was like, they said these words, but they didn't mean anything. I don't know. I understand that, but I've been blessed in a way. I mean, it went in, but somehow was able to keep moving because I created the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country in the sixties. I mean, I accomplished so much. That's amazing. It's amazing. I know. I think of it. How did I do that? How did I raise three kids? I had three miscarriages. I lost three pregnancies. I had three babies. I mean, how did I do all that? I still don't know, but I, I think did. You do. How do you think you did it? <laughs> I just did it. You just did it, right? We, we <laughs> yeah. can do. We can do hard. I had a woman in my life that 
bless her soul, Roe Eugene would say, we can do hard things. Somehow my perspective was God gave me these three beautiful children and I'm going to raise them. And the doctor said, you're going to die. And I go, well, I'll die later. So I said, I'll just do that later. I'll raise my kids. And I did. And so tell us some of the things you found from the shame and guilt work. Okay. So when I understood now, this is not on the internet. You know, what I'm saying is not there. People say, I can't find anybody. I said, I'm the only one talking about this right now because that's my job job. When I understood that shame, guilt is the same energy. We can't get rid of guilt ever, ever, ever until we release the shame that's causing it. So that's like, ah, a big guilt trip taken off of us. You know, because I, I get clients that go, I've been doing guilt work for like two years. I did five courses. I paid $1,000 and I still have this. So I must be impossible to fix. I am so bad. I go, That's no, no, the no, inner no. Critic, right? The inner critic says yeah, you can't be you fixed. Can't. Right. And so it's like, no, you got the wrong information. Okay, the information is you'll never get rid of guilt. You're correct until you get rid of the shame that's causing it. Shame, guilt are together. Shame's in the unconscious, guilt's in the conscious. It's an energy that's outside of us. It doesn't belong to us. So once I start figuring that out, people were able to mentally put it to the side, then work on their emotions and don't go down the rabbit hole of suicide. That's how it began is with my clients working with me and me changing. And then all of a sudden I, I healed emotionally. Can you give us a little insight of how you let go of the shame? Okay. I let go of it because I found it. Okay. Shame, guilt, energy only has one defect. What is it? Detection. It dissolves in detection. Isn't that interesting? Can you give us an example? Okay. So with working with the inner personalities, like if I talk to my emotions and then I see them, they are the ones that hold the shame, guilt energy for us so we can continue to live our lives. How, how beautiful is that? Doesn't that make you cry? That that's they they hold it for us. And so when we get in touch with them, talk with them, they release it, which is why you become best friends with your inner critic. Exactly. Because the inner critic has only one job. He's the shame, guilt producer. And what does he want? He wants to keep you safe. So So how does it keep you safe by doing the shame and guilt? Because he only has one trick in his bag to give you shame shame and guilt. guilt. That's all he's got. But how does that keep, but how does in his, in that mind of the inner critic, how does that actually keep us safe? Because we don't want to try anything. We don't want to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're stupid. And and, you're showing up for the inner critic as a friend to say, I've got you. Like you only have one trick, but I've got 70 tricks. Well, they said, no, you say, hi, King, would you like a promotion? Oh, you can have more power. I can have more power. Tell me, tell me, tell me. You're like the ambassador. Yes. So the inner critic Once he lets you free of the shame, guilt, he gets a, he gets a promotion. I evolve. I can't evolve until my inner critic evolves. My inner critic can't evolve until I evolve. We're both stuck. I literally want to cry because you just explained that the reason why we have those mean voices, that inner critic is they're using the mean things that have been always said to us to try to protect us from more mean things being said. Exactly. But I said, Oh, King, 
it's that's so ch- sad. That makes me want to cry because but, I hate, I know, I know you're beyond that, but I just need to take a moment and be like, that is why every time I do an interview with a woman and I hear her pain and I know my own that I've had, I want to come to you and be like, I'm here for you. Like you don't have to do this alone. Well, but it's an inner thing you have to do yourself. I know. So you say, I said, King, it's the year 2021. I'm really smart now. I'm not the six-year-old anymore. He goes, it's 2021. No one ever told me that. He's living in the past. Yes. I mean, it how me easy shivers. is that? That gave me shivers. It's true. That's how you turn people around. She so said, oh, you got to shut it up, shut it up. What happens if we're friends and I keep telling you to shut up? Are we friends for long? No. I don't think and so. And we end up blowing up at you. Exactly. Because we're throwing it back. So I say, hi. Okay. Now, does this happen in an hour? No, it happens over a couple of days a week. Some people take a month. Some people take and five practice. minutes. Practice. It, it, you know, yeah. So we talk together and my king is an arrogant teenager in the movie. And he's like, shut up, you stupid lady. You don't know anything. And I'm going, thank you so much for talking to me. Because some inner critics won't even talk to you. Some of them do. It depends. But anyway, so king, would you like to have more power? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me more power. When you have more power, I can have more power. So king now circulates in the ethers finding me podcasts mm-hmm. instead of giving me shame guilt which is a higher standing and I have fun and we both have evolved so did you have to help king understand that you don't need a protection anymore yes and i told him i'm learning and i tell people when i work with them say lois is teaching me what are shame guilt behaviors so i can keep myself safe you don't have to worry about me because i'm learning how to be safe and I the love more that so much and and the more that i can learn the less you can hold me down i love that so much look at what you've become exactly do you remember the quote you shared if you don't i have it written down which one? Love and light are the joy of my soul as I serve God. That's beautiful. I uh, you wrote it. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. When I'm working with people, they're like, what'd you just say? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. I, go, it's re- coming re- from another place. It's not me. Yeah. yeah. You ready for yeah. lightning round? Sure. Let's go. If you, what do you think is your lowest point of your whole life? I don't know. Or one of. I think when I lost my daughter, that was only six months ago. What? Yeah. What happened? She she's 44. She died. I'm so sorry. I'm 42. I can't even fathom that. I know. I, I know. My I grandmother mean, buried two of her children and she is no longer with us, but we talked about it and she said she did not have what you have. And she said she was not allowed to talk about it with anyone because her friends didn't want to be around her anymore because she was too sad and that it was something that was unbearable and never ever went away. My husband lost his daughter and I can't even fathom. I'm so sorry. What helped was God gave me a, a couple dreams beforehand. And also I write from, I'm a God secretary. Mm-hmm. I write these things. I love and, that. Um, and that's where I get the love language and all the sayings. And God gave me seven pages why it was better for her to be in heaven and not earth at the time. Okay. I understand that, but still it's a mother's heart. So you know, I have a question. Sure. What would Lois today say to Lois six months ago as you were going through that unimaginable time? 
Um, I, I don't know. I just, I just talk with God. But what would you say from what you've learned with talking with God to you during that beginning part of it? I, I, I don't know. That's okay. Um, because, because I just talk to God. And that's and how like, you get through. And, and then it kind of dissolves. What dissolves? You know, that, that part, you Pain. know, cause it's like, yeah, because it evolves into another place of me. Yeah. So I keep on evolving. What is your daughter's name? Angel. Oh, that is so awesome. Angel Estelle, Angel Star. That's a beautiful (laughs) name. I have angels and stars all over my body. That is so cool. I have a question for you. Okay. If you get to live to 100, God willing, what would your 100-year-old Lois say to you today? I don't know. I know, but you have to imagine. (laughs) Um, I don't feel, I don't think of age. And I don't think of time. Okay, when this may seem a little strange, but this is my belief. Um, When I was 40 and 50, like really crippled and dying, our kid says, Mom, you know, you don't have a will, you don't have life insurance, you know, and all this stuff. And I says, Oh, don't worry about those things because I'm just going off into light. But now you're rollerblading. But, but, (laughs) and I know, and and, because they they can't, they're too old, they're 40. So, no, I'm serious. The kids say, I'll take, uh, they call me Asha. I'll take Asha rollerblading, you know? So anyway, I always, uh, when I was in twenties and thirties, I always said, I, I just go off into light whenever I go into light. So that's how I feel. It has nothing to do with ages. I don't know. I just I like never it. feel, I never feel, I never think about that, but I, I have thought of something. I'm having my 80th birthday at the roller skating ring. I'm going to send you a picture of my dream look when I'm in my 80s that I saw online. I'll send you a picture and you're going to love it. But she basically is like a roller girl with like pink and glitter and boas and sparkles. And she's got like her hands up and like peace and love. And like there is no age like you you don't get to define me. Yeah. And because I was always, you know, things like, oh, mom, you know, 80th birthday, we have to, I'm going, I don't know, maybe I'll go away with all the craziness. And I'm going, and then I saw a, um, a video, this 90 year old woman is this rollerblading having a ball. I said, that's what I'm doing at the skate center. I'm having my 80th birthday because all the kids have their birthday. Then I'll just have a kid with the 10 year olds. Why don't and you just do it for your 70th? Don't wait for 80. I'm 77. I know. Do it next year. Next year, 78. Don't wait. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be my birthday party. I at love the roller it. skating. You rink. must send me a picture. Okay, I will. I will. What does it mean to be beautiful? <laughs> We're sparkles. Sparkles. <laughs> I I also am a um, seamstress. So I uh, used to make all my clothes. Now I'm too busy. So I just add sequins to everything. What does it mean to be a strong woman? Uh, you can do more service. What do you want others to say about you? They don't understand me. Mm. <laughs> I'm always there just like, don't ask Lois. You know, they just don't get it. Let me rephrase it. How do you want to make others feel? All strong, be all they, they can be that God created us to be. If you found out that you only have six months left, I know you don't like time, but if you found out for sure, what would you like to do with the rest of your time? I can't answer that question. Okay. I respect that. Last word, you get one piece of advice for every woman that's listening to hear. What do you want to tell her? Shame, guilt, energy doesn't belong to us. Make friends with your inner critic. I love it. 
How can we find you? LoisHollis.com. And that's where all your stuff is. Everything's there. Podcasts and videos. And I even got a YouTube now. And Look out, ladies. Um, can can and from LoisHollis.com, can others find how to work with you through Shame yes. and Guilt? Okay, awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you now, so much. Yes, go ahead. Yes. I have two ebooks. Oh, yeah. I want to know about them. Go ahead. One is 500 questions have one answer. So I show you 500 ways shame guilt. So I have to teach you what shame guilt behaviors is because we don't know. Right. We say it's normal behavior. And I'm going, no, it isn't. So the inner critic won't let go of you until you learn what shame guilt behaviors are so you can keep yourself safe and don't accept them. So I have 500 questions, one answer. So you're going to get this on an email, 25 questions every week. I love it. Because you can't get five or once. You That's just, too many. It's, it's, it's too many. You'll just like. <sighs> yeah. And then, and then this next ebook is now is the time. And that's a pamphlet of some of my writings. And people say that when they read my writings, it helps them not to feel any shame or guilt energy. I have so, chills all over me because I know that you have something that's going to change lives. So people can read that before they go to sleep. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day, and I love you. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la.